Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. The night before my stroke, we were in Leicester because we travelled to get seen privately. And he told me, yeah, I think it's ulcerative colitis, but I want you to be sent home so you can be treated under your own trust and I'll get a letter sent so that you can be admitted to hospital tomorrow. And we got back to Hull the next day and I collapsed and my mum just, you know, just from the pain, not a stroke or anything like that. And my mum just said, that's it, I've had enough of waiting. And she called an ambulance and it's a good job she did because it meant that I was actually in hospital when I had my stroke, so I'm really lucky for that. I was actually getting onto an x-ray bed um, to have an x-ray and I just felt my right side go sort of heavy as if there was loads of weights on it. I couldn't lift it and I remember screaming out, I can't move my leg, I can't move my leg. And then I started to just fall off the x-ray bed. Everything sort of went black and I felt myself hit the floor. I think my physiotherapy in hospital was absolutely amazing. Obviously my care before I actually was admitted, I do wish more would have been done because then maybe I wouldn't have ended up in that situation. But in terms of the aftercare of my stroke, I think I have read and seen a lot of people that you know are not happy with their care after stroke, but I was incredibly lucky that they really looked after me and that they made sure that my recovery could sort of be as smooth as possible. I just looked at the picture and I thought, that's not me. And it was so strange and I, I kept having that thought but I sort of put it to the back of my head and then when I went to this charity I remember the man that I spoke to first saying to me you will have woken up a different person and he said literally you will have woken up a different person and I thought oh my god because he'd had a stroke as well and I thought oh my gosh someone actually understands that it's not just a saying you quite literally do feel like a different person. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear, and this is Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. Recent studies have shown an increased risk of suffering a stroke among people who have ulcerative colitis. One study showed that this risk can increase between 10 and 25%, depending on other lifestyle and environment factors. In this episode, we hear from Izzy Hurst in Hull, who suffered a stroke at the age of 17. I think after my stroke I was definitely left with some sort of blank spaces as to what had actually happened before my stroke but and I was pretty much just a typical teenage girl really I liked going out with my friends I was quite a nerd I really enjoyed studying and I was always sort of top of the class just really a normal teenage girl it's quite like complicated how my stroke actually happened I was already actually in hospital at the time but I do remember what was my first seizure so we're not sure if this is exactly when I had the stroke but I was actually getting onto an x-ray bed and um, to have an x-ray and I just felt my right side go sort of heavy as if there was loads of weights on it I couldn't lift it and I remember screaming out I can't move my leg I can't move my leg and then I started to just fall off the x-ray bed everything sort of went black and I felt myself hit the floor. I had my stroke in the December and I'd say maybe in the September I started to become ill. We didn't know at the time, I had undiagnosed colitis that went untreated for quite a long time. 
We did go to doctors and A&E multiple times, but unfortunately went undiagnosed. And we ended up going to, the night before my stroke, we were in Leicester because we travelled to get seen privately. And he told me, yep, I think it's ulcerative colitis, but I want you to be sent home so you can be treated under your own trust and I'll get a letter sent so that you can be admitted to hospital tomorrow. And we got back to Hull the next day and I collapsed and my mum just, you know, just from the pain, not a stroke or anything like that. And my mum just said, that's it, I've had enough of waiting. And she called an ambulance and it's a good job she did because it meant that I was actually in hospital when I had my stroke, so I'm really lucky for that. Doctors thought there was a connection between Izzy's colitis and her stroke. It looks like they were very much linked. The symptoms of the ulcerative colitis basically caused dehydration because they were untreated for so long and I wasn't sort of keeping enough water and food in me. So that caused dehydration and the dehydration led to my blood becoming thicker and that led to blood clots in the brain and one of those basically hemorrhaged. It was over Christmas time and I was in, I think for about a month, but I was allowed to come out for a few days over like Christmas and Boxing Day, which was nice. I was paralysed on my right side So I had quite a lot of physiotherapy whilst I was in hospital, but I was lucky enough, I think, within maybe the first two weeks, I was able to sort of be up and moving about, but with AIDS and with help from other people. And then by the time I left hospital, I was walking with just a stick for short distances. And then for longer distances, I was using a wheelchair still. And then once I left hospital, I was lucky enough, there's a local charity that gives access to certain services for brain injury survivors and they gave me access to neuro rehabilitation which was what got me sort of independent again not having to use aids and things it's called motion rehab but i think there's lots of them across the uk and i would like really recommend that service to anyone who can access it because i think that was really the difference for me between keeping hold of my stick which was sort of like i didn't really need it but i didn't really want to let go of it and this gave me that confidence to let go of that and get back my independence there was sort of your more what you would expect physiotherapy so things like trying to move things with your hand trying to grip onto things small weights things like that and then they also had some sort of computer thing and you would basically stand and in order to play certain games, you would have to do movements that involved balance and coordination. So yeah, used like quite advanced technology as well that could track where your muscles were moving almost. I think my physiotherapy in hospital was absolutely amazing. Obviously my care before I actually was admitted, I do wish more would have been done because then maybe I wouldn't have ended up in that situation. But in terms of the aftercare of my stroke, I think I have read and seen a lot of people that you know are not happy with their care after stroke but I was incredibly lucky that they really looked after me and that they made sure that my recovery could sort of be as smooth as possible. Izzy has been able to connect with other stroke survivors on Instagram. I found it really nice to do to be honest because I only made it recently and for a long time I'd connected with stroke survivors on my personal accounts and then I thought you know, I'm, I'm over two years into recovery now. I feel like I've learned quite a lot and I'd like to share more of my story and more of the things that I've learned with other people and be more a part of that community. And I found it really helpful, not only for me, but also to be able to connect with even more people and share advice and just talk to other survivors is always just really nice. I did join some Facebook groups online. So yeah, I was part of different strokes and I think there might have been a couple of others. And I found those really helpful because I did sort of a post explaining what happened to me 
and I got you know lots of comments coming through that were really supportive and I actually in my early recovery I didn't I wasn't at college or anything I had to take a year out so I made like a little scrapbook of my recovery and I used a lot of those comments in it and whenever I would find it hard I would sort of look back and read those comments and I would use those groups to sort of remind myself that what other people had been through and that I could do it too. Having a stroke meant Izzy had to take some time out of school. I was told that I couldn't do any sort of cognitive things for, I think it was about six months after my stroke. So I took the rest of that year off of my A-levels and then I went back the next year, did my A-levels and luckily I got the grades that I needed to be able to go to university. So I've just finished my first year of biomedicine. I've always been a hard worker and I still am a hard worker, I think. But before things did sort of come naturally to me and I did expect to just get high grades, whereas now I find that I have to put in about 10 times the effort to get the same payback sort of thing because my memory isn't really everything that it used to be. I can get quite confused. I struggle with reading and things like that. So it's impacted it, but I try not to let it sort of change the fact that I can do things. I just have to work a lot harder at them. I still had to have treatment as well as for the stroke. I was on warfarin, so I had to go and have appointments for that. I still have infusions for the colitis. I had to have a lot of time off at school and they were really understanding of that and with the fatigue as well. And then at university, we've got like disabled students support. So I have things installed on my laptop that will help me. They will read things for me basically and help me make notes so that it's not quite as tasking for me to do. It used to be every day I would have to nap for about two or three hours, whereas now I can do a lot more and it tends to be if I've had a busy week, then I'll take the weekend to have a rest. So it's quite different now. And also still, I do get confused. My memory's not great. I'd say they're the main things for me. And I also get tremors. So I'm on anti-fitting, anti-tremor medication, which means that I can't drive. So hopefully that's something that I can do in the future. Izzy was very young when she had her stroke, but she's using her experience to help other stroke survivors in their recovery. Still to come on Stroke Stories, Izzy on her ambitions for a career in medicine. I do plan on doing a postgraduate. I want to do physician's associate so that hopefully I can work in hospitals. I can't really, as of yet, see myself in labs. I've always seen myself working in hospitals. Before my stroke, I did actually want to be a doctor. <laughs> So, yeah, obviously that's changed slightly now, you know, my, my ability to be able to do certain things. But I looked into it and Physicians Associate was sort of the next best thing. And on getting support from her friends. My friends are really understanding of what's gone on and if I need time out or if I can't go to certain events or if I get maybe a bit anxious about flashing lights in nightclubs, things like that. Let's hear how Izzy's coped with life in lockdown. I'm finding it actually okay I think because I'm not sure if a lot of stroke survivors will relate to this but because I think we've all sort of gone through periods of isolation in recovery when you know maybe our friends were going out and doing things and we weren't able to and for me a lot of my recovery was spent at home in bed sort of thing maybe going out for a walk once a day or if I could so I think from that experience I've become quite adaptable and I've found strategies to deal with it in the past that I can now use in this situation. So I am quite grateful to have learned those things then because they're, they're really helping me now and I'm actually able to use this time to work on a lot of things that I've wanted to, to work on for a long time. I'm 
actually using this time to do quite a lot of work on the brain because I'm just really interested in general anyway and I love raising awareness of brain injury, learning about the brain, talking to people about it and the charity that is local to me. They've got a few things sort of in line for the next few years to do with educating people about the brain so I think I'm going to be a bit of a part in that and I need to do my own bit, make sure that I know and research about the brain. And yeah, just finished my degree and then I do plan on doing a postgraduate. I want to do physician's associate so that hopefully I can work in hospitals. I can't really, as of yet, see myself in labs. I've always seen myself working in hospitals. Before my stroke, I did actually want to be a doctor. So yeah, obviously that's changed slightly now, you know, my, my ability to be able to do certain things. But I looked into it and physician's associate was sort of the next best thing because you still get to work in hospitals with the patients, sort of treating and things like that. And that's really quite up my street. That's, that's where I see myself. She's also found a great deal of support closer to home. My family and friends have been amazing. My family, they took me to every appointment. My mum and dad actually stayed in hospital with me. So on a night, because I was 17, my mum was able to sleep in my room with me. They had like a little bed for her and then in the day my dad would come. So I constantly had someone there with me and they actually helped me. During the day my dad would sort of get me up and moving about and I think that was so important in early recovery that I wasn't just sort of sat and waiting for physio to start. He actually helped me with a lot of my exercises too. And yeah, taking me to all my appointments, I owe them so much fuel money, it's ridiculous. And then my friends are really understanding of what's gone on and if I need time out or if I can't go to certain events or if I get maybe a bit anxious about flashing lights in nightclubs, things like that. Yeah, and also a, a big like part of my recovery was a local brain recovery called Paul for Brain. It's a local to Hull. They make like support groups and there's there was a young persons group that they set up after I had my stroke, which brought a lot of young people together who'd maybe gotten brain injuries through different circumstances, but we all had that understanding. I wouldn't say lost friends, like I'm still civil with people, but I just learned who was there for me and who was a positive influence on my life at that time and who wasn't. People who brought a lot of drama, people who brought a lot of negativity in my life, I sort of just cut those people out and I don't wish them any badness. We haven't necessarily fallen out, but it's just that, you know, we weren't necessarily good friends for each other at that time. I think because mine's quite an invisible disability, I don't really see a difference but when it can be difficult when I'm in situations where maybe my memory's faltering or something's gone wrong and I'm trying to explain to someone that I'm finding it more difficult than maybe the average person would because they don't quite see why I might find it more difficult and that can be really frustrating and a bit upsetting to be honest that people still are not aware that not every disability is visible. The only time I do remember sort of a negative interaction was shortly after I had my stroke it was about two or three months after we went to London and because of obviously involved a lot of walking I was in the wheelchair and the amount of looks I got for I guess looking okay but being in a wheelchair so many mucky looks which was just baffling to me it's so strange I looked at a picture that my friend had given me of us just I think it was about a month before my stroke and I just looked at the picture and I thought that's not me And it was so strange and I kept having that thought but I sort of put it to the back of my head and then when I went to this charity I remember the man that I spoke to first saying to me you will have woken up a different person and he said literally you will have woken up a different person 
and I thought oh my god because he'd had a stroke as well and I thought oh my gosh someone actually understands that it's not just a saying you quite literally do feel like a different person. Izzy wants stroke survivors to know that every recovery is different. To a stroke survivor I would say not to be too hard on yourself if you're not quite recovering as quickly as you might have hurt or you know in the way that you might have hurt because what I would say is every recovery is different and you can't look at someone who's maybe made certain steps after a week and think why have I not made those steps I think you really need to you know know and be kind to yourself that everyone is different and it takes everyone different lengths of time to get to different stages and I think that I would say to the family or loved ones of a stroke survivor to be kind to them as well but also to be kind to themselves because stroke doesn't affect just the individual it affects the whole family and the whole network around them and I think at times it was actually just as hard well if not harder for my family as it was for me and often people don't really think about that and the amount of stress that it puts the family under uh, not only the aftercare but also to have almost lost that loved one so yeah I think just to be kind to yourself and to be kind to other people around you certainly unnecessary stress after stroke is just something that you have to learn to get rid of and I think it's something that you do get better at along your recovery because you just learn that you know the brain can only deal with so much and I think when you have a stroke you almost are more receptive to the fact that you can only deal with so much and it really makes you only keep in your life what you want in your life. I'm quite lucky in that I've always been quite glass half full so even in hospital I was I sort of was always upbeat uh, laughing and jerking you know when I'd come out of that initial sort of state of like sleepiness I guess and I always sort of looked on the bright side like I didn't think about the fact that oh right now I can't move I thought well tomorrow I'll try and move my arm and then when I could move my arm it wasn't oh I can't I can't move my leg it was tomorrow I'll try and move my leg and it's just looking to the future and thinking about what you can do rather than what you can't do because you could beat yourself up all day about the things that you can't do but there's a list of a billion things that you could try and do and it's so much better to focus on those things than the things that you can't change. As a young survivor, Izzy's stroke disrupted many things, including schooling and social life. However, she's now excelling at university and remains active in local support groups and on Facebook and Instagram. Coming up on the next episode of Stroke Stories. He's like really ill. He's been like violently sick. He had a really bad headache, but he was okay. He just thought, we all thought he had food poisoning because he'd eaten something that was a bit off anyway, but he was still okay. And then he woke up on Thursday morning and he started to ask my mum for some whales and he meant paracetamol. Please do subscribe to Stroke Stories and rate and comment on the episodes you hear to help us spread the word. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor who'd like to share a story with us, please contact us via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.